why should we care about Section 508? For those who don't know, Section 508 applies to the federal government. So it's what mandates that federal government uh, communications and hardware and software be accessible to people with disabilities. Um, unfortunately, we all know, like many of these laws, it hasn't been followed or enforced the way it should, and so compliance is really not there, um, in my view at all, to the way we would expect um, it would be, especially since the first Section 508 guidelines came out in about, I believe, 2000, around 2000. The guidelines were updated in 2018. And so um, some of what we're going to talk to here matters. I should also point out that if you are an employee or, or a prospective employee of the federal government, Section 508 also um, should uh, protect you and provide an accessible application process um, and or uh, you know, the ability for you to do your job. So let's begin with some things you should keep in mind uh, about Section 508. Section 508 applies to all information and community technology, ICT, procured, maintained, developed, or used by federal agencies covered by Section 508 of the Rehabilitation Act of 1973 and Section 255 of the Telecommunications Act of 1934, as implemented by the Federal Communications Commission, FCC. When Section 508 is updated, the law mandates that updated or revised standards be incorporated in procurement processes within six months of adoption. Section 508 applies to covered hardware, software, electronic content, and support documentation. Under Section 508, all covered web and non-web content and software, including websites, intranets, Word documents, PDFs, and project management software is largely required to conform to WCAG 2.0 levels A and AA. Section 508 covers all external content, and that's what I was talking about earlier. All of the content that is public-facing is supposed to comply with Section 508, meaning now uh, it is supposed to comply up to level AA of version 2.0 of um, the WCAG. Now, there are some exceptions, and we'll get to those in a minute. So it applies to all external content and the following nine categories of internal content. And this is what matters for public employees, emergency notifications, decisions related to administrative claims or procedures, 
an internal or external program or policy announcement, a notice of benefits, program eligibility, employment opportunity, or um, personnel action, a formal acknowledgement of receipt, survey questionnaires, a template or form, educational or training materials, or intranet content designed as a web page. Now, what does that mean? It means in a lot of um, workplaces today, uh, you put in your time requests and you look up your leave balances. Maybe you enroll in your benefits online. If those are intranets, that is internal web pages only, um, they are still covered. Agencies had one year from adoption of the revised standards to comply. A safe harbor provision means that ICT that complied with the previous version of Section 508 uh, complies with the existing version of Section 508 unless the ICT is altered. And this could be a problem for folks because, as I said, the previous version uh, goes back to 2000 and doesn't even reference WCAG. So there are ex probably instances in the federal government where something is deemed compliant, but it has no relationship to today's technology or accessibility standards. Alterations are considered on an element-by-element element basis to determine whether an alteration triggers a need to comply with the revised Section 508 standards. Where ICT uh, conforming to one or more of the Section 508 standards is not commercially available, the agency should procure the ICT that best meets the revised 508 standards consistent with the agency's business needs. The responsible agency official shall document in writing a the non-availability of conforming ICT, including a description of market research performed and which provisions cannot be met, and B, the basis for determining that the ICT to be procured uh, best meets the requirements in the revised 508 standards consistent with the agency's business needs where ICT that fully conforms to the revised standards is not commercially available, the agency shall provide individuals with disabilities access to and use of information and data by an alternative means that meets identified needs. 
non-web documents do not have to comply with the following four WCAG success criteria. Bypass block, multiple ways, consistent navigation, and consistent identification. Exceptions under Section 508. Section 502 of Section 508 lists the five general exceptions to Section 508. Legacy ICT. So legacy ICT is that stuff that um, has been deemed to comply with the previous version and has not been altered. National security systems. So again, if something is related to national security, it may not have to be compliant with Section 508. Federal contracts. Now, I want to be clear so people understand that. Here, we aren't talking about the federal contract itself or the process of getting a federal contract. We are talking about the processes behind the application and rewarding of federal contracts used only by employees of uh, the federal government or people interested in contracting with the federal government. The process for obtaining a federal contract is covered here. ICT functions located in maintenance or monitoring spaces. And the Section 508 website has information about the five general exceptions, plus the best meets uh, business needs issue, which we discussed previously, and the typical um, defenses of undue burden and fundamental alteration that apply as they do under Title II. So, for example, if an agency can demonstrate that complying with Section 508 would fundamentally alter the essential nature of their program, they uh, may not have to make that particular bit of ICT compliant with the current version of Section 508.